0: Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> I'm Kate. I'm Allison. We are the itty bitty what? I almost. Maybe we should start again. I almost said itty bitty titty committee. No, leave it. I love it.
1: It's the authentic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the itty bitty wedding committee.
1: Yes. Welcome. Uh, I for went, our first well, episode. Yeah, our first episode. So far.
0: We already said titty. Sorry. High five. <laughs> So um yeah if you if you didn't notice, we might be just slightly less professional here than we are in our day- to day wedding industry lives.
1: It's very relaxing.
0: <laughs> relaxing, relaxed, we might swear, who knows anything can happen. Yes. so we are longtime industry friends and colleagues where <laughs> we're um I own Chicago vintage weddings. I have known Allison for about five years now she does a lot of amazing stuff in the wedding industry. And we connected at a wedding show and the rest is history.
1: It is back in the day when I used to have a wedding blog. Yeah. So what do you do now? So now I am a catering manager for a Hilton Hotel downtown, um, do a lot of um, event management and event sales uh, for both weddings and corporate things. So it's a nice balance, although I get most of my wedding fix working with you, which is always fun.
0: Yeah. So you've been assisting us for four years, five years, maybe five or six seasons. Indeed. And it's a lot of fun. You've really uh, been in the trenches and seen some of the wildest weddings we've ever done, some of the prettiest, some of the most chaotic. So you've gotten I've seen it
1: all. (laughs) Yes, it's a
0: real real slice of life. And uh, as far as this blog, or not blog, podcast, whatever we're doing today, um, this talk blog, we had this idea a couple of weeks ago to start this up because I realized and I was talking with you that there aren't really that many wedding industry blogs out there that kind of take themselves a little less seriously. So in general, I think a lot of the content going out to engaged couples and in the industry in general, and this is not a critique of our industry because we are certainly part of this and we play into all of this and see the value in all of this different kind of stuff and these different approaches. But I had noticed that some of it seemed just a little bit stuffy. It wasn't really real talk. It didn't feel like there's a friend there with you. It felt like someone telling you, well, you have to be formal and you have to be fussy and you have to do all of these things that maybe just Mm -hmm. aren't you.
1: Yeah, I would say like definitely just seeing kind of what's out there as far as just like, you know, social media and just what we see. Like it's very, it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. I love to look at it, but it's just very like glamorous and not all weddings are on that level, I would say. And I think it kind of takes away from the fact that like normal people who live normal lives and love to do fun things get married all the time. And I feel like those are the kinds of people that we work with. um, And they have awesome weddings. So it's, I just feel like for me, it's just about making just like weddings in general feel just bring it back down to earth a little bit, you know,
0: Yeah, make them accessible, make them fun. The whole process Mm -hmm. should be fun, not just the day. And also, as a wedding planner, what I see a lot is there's this idea that I need to be very uptight and very overly formal. And, of course, there's a place for that, and I need to be Mm -hmm. professional. But I'm not this stereotype of a wedding planner, and I don't think that very many of us are, that you might see in rom-coms and things like that. So I'm not always going to be this very, very rigid kind of person i 'm not going to be mean to the vendors who are involved <laughs> right. in the wedding i 'm not going to be just this snippy caricature of what a wedding planner is where we 're people we have personalities we have fun with this we 're usually small business owners there 's a lot that you don 't see and a lot that people don 't consider when they think about who 's participating in the wedding industry so hopefully this podcast can help us shed a little bit of light on that and really humanize things
1: yeah, because I think All my favorite people um, in the industry are just like fun and down to earth. And yes, there's a job to do and they do amazing work and they take their job seriously, but they don't take themselves too seriously. So it's like at the end of the day, you still feel like you're working with people. Um, And I feel like those are the kinds of clients that you attract, Kate, like just people who are just fun and cool. And that's why people like that's why your clients love you, because that's just kind of the way that that's the way that you roll in the wedding industry. And I wish that more people would kind of, you know, loosen up and relax and let people see that, you know, you are a human being, you know, even though you have a job to do. Absolutely. And also I love our couples because I work with all different
0: kinds of clients, all different kinds of styles, personalities, all of it. But I think one thing that rings true for all of them and one thing that really I see no matter where the budget's hitting, no matter what kind of aesthetic people have, they're just sweet and they're chill and they're excited about this. And that's how I am. You know, I can be working with a budget in the high six figures or I can be working with a really bare bones budget. And either way, what I want to see is that someone is appreciating what they're getting for their money and that they're not taking themselves too seriously. You know, that they're really getting out of this what they want to get.
1: Yeah, so. exactly. So we're bringing weddings down to earth. We're making it more human. We're making the conversations surrounding weddings more fun. Um, and hopefully the people listening will enjoy that and give us feedback. And it can be a two-way conversation yes. um, between us and the people that are listening. So yeah. I'm excited.
0: I would seriously love to hear from people. And one thing we had talked about even with the format of the show, which we should really probably clarify for people is we want your feedback. We want to hear from you. We are using an email account that we are going to set up, but haven't yet. Um, it's going to be itty committee at gmail.com. I might cut this later and fix the name if we can't get that email. But <laughs>
1: we're going to be <laughs> legit. We promise you.
0: <laughs> we promise. We, we might actually make an effort here. Um, we're going to have an email account let's say it's that one for now where you can write into us and if you have thoughts if you have a question if you have maybe some kind of conflict that you need a bit of insight on we're happy to provide that and that's going to be a big part of this show just engaging with people like we do in our professional lives Uh we want to do that for you as if you're our client you're our couple we want to help you we want to give voice to whatever you're wondering about
1: Exactly. And I'm super excited to get started. Um, We have just a couple of um, trends that we want to talk about and talk through that we've seen that we love that we wanted to share with you guys. Um, Mm -hmm. So Kate, would you like to kick us off?
0: Yes. So what we're going to do today and with the podcast in general is just talk to you a little bit about what's going on in our lives, give you a little bit of insight and what's happening in the industry and on and on. So we might get a little distracted. We might talk about things that are fun for us and stuff that we like and our pets There will be a lot of pets talk, and then we'll get into our topic. So today, that is part one of two of the wedding trends that we're currently seeing and some of our feedback on those. And then at the end, we want to get a little bit more into whatever our readers slash probably friends and family, at least in the beginning, are thinking about and writing to us about. So yes, the first one today is cocktail format weddings. Allison, do you want to? Yes, they're great.
1: They are so fun. I kind of wish that I would could see more of these types of weddings. Um, so cocktail format wedding is basically a wedding that doesn't follow that traditional format of you know cocktail hour, sit down three course meal and dessert. Um, you can still have your fabulous ceremony beforehand um, and then just kind of think of it as like an extended cocktail hour where you know people are kind of mingling and free flowing. You can um, play with the setup and your food situation. Um, So it's just kind of, you know, a little bit more of like a relaxed kind of conversational wedding reception. Mm -hmm. And I'm
0: seeing this a lot more. So every year I'll get more and more cocktail format receptions. There are a few reasons for that. So a lot of the time the driving force when people are initially thinking about doing this is because they want something more casual. So they don't want to have this formal RSVP where everyone has to choose a meal and then they have to assign the guests their seats and everyone has to sit at a certain time and pay attention at a certain time. So usually that's what I see being the motivation behind a cocktail format event. But the event can still be very elevated and very mm-hmm. cool. It doesn't need to be anything that's not as fancy. If you want it to be fancy, you can definitely do that. Mm-hmm. Um, also. I think the capacity plays a huge role in this. So, if you've got a smaller venue and you just don't have the space to have everybody sitting down at the same time, cocktail format is the way to go because you Mm -hmm. can still have this incredible party, but you don't need to cram everyone into a room that just won't fit them.
1: Exactly. And you can also play with, you know, like how you set things up as far as seating. Um so first we do recommend that you have some seating. Um because oh, yeah. you're gonna have like, you know, someone might be pregnant or someone might be older or someone might have had a ski accident and is has a boot on at your wedding. Like you never know. So you that actually happened at one of the weddings that I worked at. Um, <laughs> so if you want to make sure that you have some seating. Um, but you can definitely be creative with how you do that. So you can have, you know, Low cocktail tables with you know three or four chairs around. You can have really awesome you know lounge setups with like couches and furniture, and um, so it allows for a little bit of like a different type of creativity compared to you know setting a centerpiece on a table, which is also wonderful, but you know still different.
0: Gotta love a centerpiece on a table. It's a classic. I do love a good centerpiece. <laughs> So yeah, I think as you were talking about that too, I thought about, all right, well, what are some of the things we need to consider when we're doing a cocktail style event? Because just logistically, it's a little different. Mm -hmm. So you definitely want to take into account that you want to make sure dietary restrictions are covered. So people who might not have told you, hey, you know, I'm vegan, likely they will have, but you do definitely want to have some vegan options, some Mm gluten-free options. Usually people who have allergies that are severe are going to let you know about that, but just keep it in mind that you might need to have some different considerations for all the different dietary restrictions. Also, I love a tabletop. I Mm -hmm. usually will recommend seating for anywhere from 50 to 75 percent of your crowd at a given time. That's a nice roll of them. It is. It is. And it's really helpful because you do want people to be able to sit at tables and actually set a plate down if you're going to have any sort of use of utensils because nobody wants to sit on a couch and balance a plate in their lap while they try to cut through some giant steak that you gave them. So Uh think about, all right, if I were a guest at my wedding, would I actually feel comfortable eating this food the way it's being served?
1: Yep accessibility and mobility is what I like to say. Like people are going to want to walk around and mingle. Like are the things on your menu able, allow them to be able to easily walk around? Like is it something that can be put on a skewer where they can just use one hand, eat it and be done? Just Mm -hmm. little fun things like that.
0: Yeah. They're going to have a drink in their hand. They're going to have Mm -hmm. a phone in their hand. So just make sure that this is practical and make sure that they know what's going on too. So you're going to want to communicate with your guests In kind of a multi-pronged approach. So you're going to want want to let them know something about this on your wedding website. You're going to want signage that lets them know, hey, we only have partial seating, but feel free to sit anytime. There will be enough food for everyone throughout the night. People should have a warning that this is going to be a cocktail style wedding, so they aren't expecting a sit-down dinner. And they should also have real logistical feedback at the event about what can and can't they do? Because otherwise they might have some anxiety, you know, will the food run out? When am I supposed to do something? When am I supposed to pay attention to something? So the more you can still communicate that to them, the happier they're going to be.
1: Mm -hmm. Ooh, and um, VIP seating. Yeah, that's an awesome, awesome thing. It's something that you can take care of easily by putting a cute little sign on a table and then just communicating whoever those VIPs are, communicating to them that, yes, this specific seating is designated for you, whether it's like grandparents or whoever it may be. So that's Mm -hmm. always a nice way to just kind of relieve the anxiety of some of your guests of knowing like, you know, where am I going to be able to sit?
0: Right. Because you might have more traditional guests who really do want a designated spot to sit at all night. They're like, where's my table? (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have, I have met these guests many times and I I do my best to head off these questions so that they're not agitated by the time they get to me.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: So actually this is really kind of hand in hand with our next trend, which is is
1: intimate weddings my favorite I will always and forever be a huge huge advocate for small weddings they're just so fun and cozy and adorable and you can do like you can really do so much when you have a wedding that's you know more on the intimate side um and just to kind of clarify because we probably all kind of define this a little bit differently like I would say a wedding of like less than 100 I would consider that an intimate wedding but we're also speaking from a Chicago perspective where the average wedding size is anywhere from like you know 100 to 175 Um, so for me like when I get a bride that says oh I'm only gonna have 70 people I get excited because small weddings are super super fun
0: yeah. I, I love a smaller wedding. I think there are a lot of perks to this. So of course I see huge weddings all the time, you know, three, 400, 500 guests. I would say usually that is not the norm. Um, sometimes in certain cultures, I'll just see larger weddings as mm-hmm. more of a norm. But yeah, typically most of my weddings are going to fall anywhere between one and 200 people and below that What I love about it is you can get really creative with the floor plan. Mm -hmm. You can spend more time with your guests. You can be more intentional with the details because you're not doing all of this on the scale of 250 people. You're doing it for just a handful.
1: Right. And so it's like the $150 or a hundred dollars or however much per plate you're spending per person. When you only have a smaller amount of people, you can use some of that to go towards decor or a cute favor for your guests, or you can splurge on your wedding transportation. So Mm -hmm. it just allows for a lot of flexibility and creativity. Um, and it's also like, don't think that just because your wedding isn't 200 people that your wedding isn't fabulous or that it's not as important because weddings of all sizes are important.
0: I think it can also be a little bit more comfortable for people if they tend to just not like to have all eyes
1: on them. So that too,
0: you're having your wedding day and maybe you have social anxiety. Maybe you don't love being in the spotlight. So knowing that, okay, it's just the people I really, really am closest with, not also a hundred of my parents, parents' best friends that they needed to invite. Yeah. I think there's something to be said for that because it can be more comfortable for you if you just aren't that center of attention kind of person.
1: Yeah. And the other thing too, with smaller weddings, you can kind of be play with, you know, being non-traditional. One of my favorite weddings that I've ever done was a small wedding of 30 people. And it was brunch themed. And so it was during the day, it was like a beautiful, like, you know, Saturday, like morning into afternoon. And it was just like, so fun, like so casual and relaxed, but it still had a formal elements to it. Like the bride was still, she wanted to have some formal elements. So she had like, she was able to splurge on like her 10 piece orchestra that she wanted. And that was wonderful Mm -hmm. that she was able to have that because she didn't have to worry about, you know, you know, an extra fifty
0: people, um, and so and I feel like. like mm-hmm. Oh, sorry.
1: No, go ahead.
0: <laughs> I feel like brunch weddings are an episode in themselves because there's oh, just so much. Me started.
1: <laughs> there's so much
0: stuff to consider, both good and bad. Especially, uh, I I had a couple of grooms who did a brunch wedding, mm-hmm. and it was so nice and easy for them because they weren't up really early in the morning with their wedding party doing hair and makeup, which I think is mm-hmm. helpful. But that's always something I like to mention if I have a bride or if I have brides that we are going to need to get you up very, very, very very early. early. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I digress. I'm getting into brunch weddings now. Uh, Intimate is its own thing. And I just had an intimate wedding. You were there.
1: You saw it. It was fun. I ate all the cheese.
0: (laughs) There was a lot of cheese. Uh, I I would be perfectly happy with a cheese only wedding for myself.
1: I don't see anything wrong with that.
0: No, I can't tell a client to do it, but just personally, should we have had only cheese at our wedding? I think that would have been a good option.
1: Like a charcuterie themed wedding? That sounds wonderful.
0: Sorry, vegan friends. I know. Well, we
1: can have like fake meat things. That could be a thing.
0: There we go. There we go. (laughs) Cheese and cheese and seitan. So, (laughs) with uh, the next trend, do you want to take it away?
1: Sure. So. That was good. We, we really should do a brunch wedding episode. Totally. I think we need to add that to the list. Um, so the next one is airy installations. Um, and what we mean by that is, I don't know. I feel like we both kind of define this a little bit differently, but that kind of mm-hmm. is what makes it fun. So when I think of airy installations, I think of visual focal points in your decor that just kind of softens the overall feel of the space like it makes it softer or maybe it adds a little bit of flow or movement to it um
0: maybe i don't know unexpected
1: yeah like, yeah oh excuse me would you count <laughs> would you count drapery as i
0: i wouldn't count it as an airy installation so when i was thinking about this trend just what <laughs> i'm seeing in the design work that i do with clients is this is going more in the direction of these big cloud-like floral hanging pieces and things like that. And with installations, that's one of those lingo things I should clarify. So for me, installations just means it's not something that can be very easily placed. So it's not Mm. this centerpiece that you're plopping down on a table. It's more, okay, someone might be climbing a ladder and rigging something up to the ceiling, or someone might be just doing all this really intricate work to affix these pieces whether they're floral or not to existing architectural elements so it's really just a little more labor intensive than what you would typically see for floral decor and with airy, what I'm seeing lately and Allison I don't know if you've noticed the same thing but things that were previously kind of on the design shit list so to speak <laughs> so baby's breath and carnations even I know they're mm-hmm. two very different things but those are making a comeback
1: they are like. I think part of, you know, things that make something have that airy feel is things that are kind of like a little bit more delicate, Mm -hmm. um, which is why I love using baby's breath as an example, because it's a very delicate, like light kind of flowy, what used to be kind of just kind of like a filler, you know, right for the most part. Um, And it's, it can really be used to really kind of elevate a space, soften a space, give something more light, um, get something, you know, a little bit more brightness. So um, that's probably one of my favorite examples of baby's breath. And I love baby's breath. It's so cute.
0: I love it too because it looks delicate, but it's so hardy. It is not going to fall apart in the heat or in the cold. It doesn't need to be in a ton of water. It's very cost effective for how much volume you get. There are so many perks. And I know we all have, kind of this baby's breath trauma from when we were going to
1: prom I was gonna say prom corsages like my mm -hmm. prom corsage I'm pretty sure had baby's breath
0: oh I you (laughs) should have seen I think we've talked about this but you should have seen my bat mitzvah hair which was this ridiculous updo that was full of baby's breath and it was the year 2000 you had Mm. to do it
1: I'm envisioning this in my mind
0: (laughs) was worse than you could possibly think I also had really amazing braces
1: Oh my goodness. So just, just the whole nine, whole nine oh, yeah. yards. Yeah. I
0: mean, we definitely did enter the bat mitzvah to Eiffel 65's blue because again, it was the year 2000. So yeah, let's get an update on the baby <laughs> event. We're, we're finally getting that. It's finally getting its rightful place in the actual good design canon. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I can't so. wait to see um, how the florists and design folks kind of incorporate that and make it a little bit more modern. Mm-hmm. That's going to be exciting.
0: Yeah, it's really fun. So, yeah, airy installations, just any really cool stuff we can see with floral and grasses and greenery, just light, soft looking stuff. And what I love about this too is now that we are getting maybe a little more away from greenery when we talk about these Uh hanging pieces, is that if you're in a darker venue already, it's really nice to have a pop of this light color to contrast against it, whereas green might kind of fade into the brick or the steel if you're in a more industrial venue, for example. So yeah, lots, yeah, lots of fun stuff to consider there.
1: Fabulous. Would you like to introduce our next one?
0: Yeah, let's do it. So, for this one, it's super broad, but this boho trend, we wanted to talk about how it's evolving over the years.
1: Yeah, it's with boho, it's interesting because I feel like everyone defines it a little bit differently. Um, but I've definitely kind of seen this trend where boho is becoming more chic and modern and polished Um, and so that's been really exciting to see like I'm starting to see like it's like texture like a lot of lace but not in kind of like that you know that kind of 80s kind of way just kind of more intricate and soft mm. and kind of like flowy and delicate and um, not country rustic exactly which yeah. is like two different things, completely two different things. Um, if you ask me anyway. Um, but, um, I know when we briefly talked about this, um, you were talking about how, um, the bohemian kind of vibe has kind of You really see that in kind of like the Australian wedding scene. Yes. Um. And I love that you brought that up because I was looking at wedding dresses. Don't judge me. Um. (laughs) (laughs) For
0: for the record, Allison is not engaged. I am not. A really amazing boyfriend. (laughs) I do. I just if
1: you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. There Um, you
0: go. (laughs) I definitely had a wedding Pinterest before the wedding. Oh yeah. Before the engagement.
1: But I came across this um, Australian wedding Uh, wedding gown designer and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head I'll have to look it up but it it kind of fit like that vibe that you were talking about where she was using like very intricate like textured like materials and lace and it just kind of had this really kind of like relaxed and bohemian vibe but it was still very like chic and polished Mm -hmm. and then kind of as I kind of like I went down the rabbit hole and you know I kind of like looked at more kind of like Australian like designers and like planners and just what they're what's going over there going on over there down under with the weddings like it's really really cool to see
0: they are on their game I feel like they're ahead of the game over there (laughs) yes they they do for whatever reason they just have these really cool vibes at their weddings and a Mm -hmm. part of it is just you know this is what is already growing there you see a lot of eucalyptus and a lot of grasses and a lot of stuff that's a little more native to Australia and that becomes a trend in other places even if it's not native but I just think they have this really cool approach to weddings and they're very design forward and they're very chill about the whole thing. So chill. Yes. So I love looking to Australian blogs and magazines for inspiration. But Mm -hmm. what I also love is it's nice because even in the United States, Chicago isn't necessarily the most on top of design trends. We tend to be a little bit behind compared to Mm -hmm. the coasts. Um, I was even talking with Amy Price, who runs the blog Elizabeth Ann Designs and Lakeshore in Love, and she's been saying the same thing for years, just New York is so ahead of us. So I love when I can feel like I'm getting a sneak peek into maybe even Mm -hmm. what New York might be getting and what some of these other wedding hubs might be getting.
1: Yeah, and maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe we need to look at, because like New York, it's one of the fashion capitals of the world, and Australia is I don't, I don't really know, like, where they kind of fall within that, but I've always kind of looked at Australia as having, like, their own trends, their own vibes, and so maybe when we're looking for inspiration in our work, like, really looking at, you know, the fashion capitals of the world, because, I mean, they're getting all the stuff before we're getting it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting it here in Chicago, so. Yeah, we're um, Midwestern. We are, which is great. We love it. I'm a Midwestern girl at heart, but I do pull a lot of my fashion and design and, you know, wedding inspirations from what is happening in other places in the world. So, and Mm -hmm. Australia is doing an awesome job. We should like go on like a, like a, a wedding retreat slash vacation slash reconnaissance and just like, and see like crash weddings in in (laughs) Australia.
0: So maybe, maybe we should have really just done a (laughs) multi-part trend analysis on boho, bohemian, whatever you want to call it. But what I've been really seeing in the last few years is getting away from that boho look, which was a lot more eclectic, a lot more colorful, a lot Mm -hmm. more just, you know, incorporating all these different textures and colors and designs and things on things on things. And now it's Mm -hmm. getting, like you said, more refined. So we are seeing these more muted color palettes. We're seeing a little bit more of a modern polished look to Mm -hmm. all of this. So that's where I'm seeing the boho trend going. And again, it means something different to everybody. So maybe what I'm interpreting as boho, just, it seems like such an umbrella term. So somebody else might be seeing it differently, but I love just that cool chill look whether like a few years ago it was more about color and macrame and like the Mm -hmm. vibe and now it's a little more just about okay it's a it's a slightly more coastal vibe a slightly more updated vibe
1: yeah it's like polished. it's like earthy but polished at the same time Mm -hmm, whereas mm -hmm. like I feel like people um will think like when they think of like outside and earth and earthiness like they think more rustic but I think that there's 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 some definitely some subtle differences between like rustic versus, you know, more of like that bohemian type of vibe.
0: Oh yeah. And even rustic, I mean, the distinctions there are so vague. So a lot of them really if vague. we say rustic, someone might think country rustic with burlap and mm-hmm. lace. And you're you've got barrels and you're on a farm. And mm-hmm. there's also this version of rustic that's more just about Tuscan fresco dining and this mm-hmm. more Italian rustic, which is very much about just a lot of cool intentional heirloom type details mm-hmm. that are just a little bit more laid back but they're still yeah. really elegant in their own way so there are just so 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 many things to talk about <laughs> you know, I mean
1: the possibilities fun. are endless Thank you so much for joining us for our very first episode of the Itty Bitty Wedding Committee. If you'd like to contact us, please email us at ittybittyweddingcommittee at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.